Are you a fan of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores podcast? Do you want to support the show and show off your love for LTGW? Look no further than You Can Do Merch Store, brought to you by host and creator, Nancy Adair. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. You are on the air with me, Nancy Adair, the host and creator of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores the podcast that brings you stories from the dark and the light side of both addiction and recovery. And today I have with me a returning guest, and that is Lori Jones, who did a wonderful podcast interview with me. I'm so glad that she then wants to come back to talk with us about a topic which is something that I set out to do alone with my brother or with my brother alone is really the way I should say that. Um, However, you know, it's coming up on the first anniversary of his son's death and there's a lot of stress in his life and I simply didn't want to add to that. So I had the idea of bringing back guests that you might want to hear more from to talk about topics rather than to interview them about their recovery or their life. And when I was talking to Lori, she brought up the words drama junkie and where Lori is a singer and songwriter extraordinaire, I might add, she said, oh, that would make a great album title. And I thought, LTGW episode title, <laughs> Drama Junkies. <laughs> so, Lori, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay. Yeah. First, I will say everything is a song title, album title, or t shirt. That seems to be the way we roll right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm Lori Jones. I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I'm all kinds of things, really. Um, And uh, I obviously I, you know, I I, I think a lot. And I love having conversations with you, Nancy, because when we have conversations, we end up having these little nuggets that come out of it. And um, we were having a conversation and whatever the content was we were talking about we we brought up drama junkies and um it is a good topic and I'm really excited to talk to you about that because um you know we'll see where this goes today because we may end up creating some more t-shirts and songs out of this whole thing (laughs) true and I have so many book titles (laughs) many more book titles than I have books written um, for sure and I I love I love words I love alliteration and I was thinking about what is being a drama junkie and how does that fit into 
addiction stories about addiction and what I came up with in my shower this morning, which is where I do my best thinking, was that we're talking about process addictions. We're not just talking about addictions to substances. And process addictions are often behavioral, like sex and love addiction or gambling, which is a, a behavior, not a substance. And, um, and food addiction, which I have as one of my primary addiction is to food, is both a process addiction and a substance or substances, particularly what we call the other white powders with sugar and flour. Mm. That is a substance I'm addicted to or substances I'm addicted to. However, I was thinking about more the process addictions and how the root of all dependency is dependency. <laughs> mm, ah. uh, another, maybe that's a t-shirt. <laughs> oh my word, yeah. Dependency is dependency. And I was thinking, what is the dependency in being a drama junkie? Oh my gosh. The dependency. Well, I mean, I had all kinds of thoughts when you were just talking about that because I was thinking, yeah, we're going to get to the answer to that. But I want to just go to my thought is when I think about drama junkie and when that was brought up, we were having a discussion about the absence of drama or the absence of the turmoil and all of that um, noise that is created from whatever addiction. And that what can be scary sometimes is the absence of that, which, which you know, in essence, maybe the peace in that you can mistake or you, 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 you may think that there's something wrong with that absence of drama. Therefore, you're drama junkie because you're, you feel the normal, you feel the buzz, you feel like you're being productive and um, that you feel most comfortable in that turmoil. And so you're constantly looking for that. And so to go back to what you just asked, the I like to go with the first thing that pops into my head sometimes. Um, when you ask, like, what it, repeat the question again. What is the, um, what is the dependency underneath being a drama junkie? I think specifically for me, I'm a workaholic. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I'm a workaholic. So everything needs to be buzzing and moving and productive. And sometimes the absence of that gets scary. And is it the, the absence feels boring? Possibly. Because if you, you can even think about that in a relationship, because if you have peace in a relationship and it's good and it's calm, 
you know, how, how often do you hear somebody say, oh, everything's going great. Something is bound to screw this up. Right. They're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. Um, because there's something uncomfortable about that piece. Well, I was also thinking about our brief conversation before starting the recording where I said that my dog was the best male companion choice I've ever made and <laughs> asked about how really true that is. But there's an addiction to the bad boy, which mm -hmm. is part of a, being a drama junkie, right? 100%. Looking at that any relationship that doesn't have that drama feels like it doesn't have passion. Ex yeah. And, you know, and I, and I can recall even having conversations with friends, um, you know, throughout my life, having conversations with someone where maybe they met someone and then they might say, oh, there's just too, there's too many good things about this person. Like there's, there's too much, like he's too normal or he's, or, um, you know, there's got to be something. Right. So we want to be investigators and we want to like peel that back and we just want to find like that drama nugget. Right. So that we can, you know, play out our, you know, stories of, you know, drama and, um, you know, turmoil. When you just said that investigative piece, I, I'm thinking, wow, that's like the pursuing, seeking the drug, drug. So you know, it's like going after the drama by, you know, looking at your partner's cell phone or texting. <laughs> yeah, like look, looking for trouble. Right. Looking for trouble. And the so, other, yeah. The other piece of it is the imagination. Like not only looking for that trouble, but we're looking for the trouble because we're imagining it in our minds first. And, you know, I wrote down that part of the drama junkie in me is the attachment to fantasy above reality. Ooh. You know, that I, I tend to choose even, you know, I, I've said it so often, like, it's so great that I can see the good in people, that I can uh, visualize where somebody is going, like their success and and that's part of feeling good about the job that I do in coaching in particular. Um, it's also not the greatest thing to do in my personal life because I build all kinds of expectations around people's behaviors that they are already having to live up to before we're really connected. Mm. And, they're, and they are human. And they are human. God damn it, they are human. <laughs> They're I, human. I have a friend who says she constantly does a forgiveness prayer for reality being what it is. I forgive reality for being what it is. <laughs> wow, I really like that. That's a good prayer. That's a really good prayer because they are human and they will come down off that pedestal that you put them up on. And that's where you get your bubble burst, right? Like you, 
Yeah. You get your bubble burst because if you have like such a high expectation of other people and what they bring to the relationship, um, we always get disappointed. I mean, come on, let's face it. Like most people will be disappointed in that because we have our own realities. You know, we have our own realities and, um, and, and what's interesting is to think about how they perceive us. You know, do they, do they expect so much from us? And I think the answer is yes, that generally we all expect a lot from each other and that's why relationships are hard. Well, and we could also, you know, dial back to your saying that you're workaholic and need that buzzing, that moving, that being productive. We could look at that in terms of the level of expectations that you ask of yourself and therefore mm. of other people as well. Well, I think that's it. I, you know, I think that you just hit on a really very, very cool thing. If I'm thinking about, you know, being a workaholic is, um, I know for myself, you know, I like to get a job done. Like I don't, I, I, I get a job done. I, I don't mess around. I love like process and seeing something through and it might be frustrating if you don't see that in someone else. And, and, you know, and that's something that I'm working on myself because, you know, I don't have to be a machine all the time. And I know that, but I mean, just even in our conversations, you know, that's how really just how I roll. I have relationships with people and I can have conversations. And in that I could have so many creative ideas that sometimes people just look at me and they probably think, what is, <laughs> okay, can I just have a conversation with you? But like, now we're like building like a business and I just wanted to have coffee with you. Um, but that's, you know, that's one of the special things I think about Lori Jones is, you know, I'm just always kind of wheeling and dealing. And I would imagine that's not always easy being friends with me or being in a relationship with me if I can't just sit down and just have a damn cup of coffee. Or go for a walk on the beach or ride on your horse or, you know, all those things that bring you peace and joy that aren't necessarily productive. Right. You know, one of the other things that I thought of in was early, well, it was when I was first sober. So I'm 66 now. And, um, you know, my athletic pursuits are pickleball and ballroom dancing. That's pretty Ooh. quiet. You know? <laughs> I like that. And when I was first sober at 24, I started ice climbing. And that was the need for adrenaline rush. And I loved sharing the near-death experiences that I had on the Saskatchewan Glacier in the north of Canada. You know, it's like, those are the things that just really made my heart pump. And, and I have over the years, by letting go of the substance addictions to alcohol, drugs, and food, my life is so much calmer and mm -hmm. I still really enjoy things that bring me like even doing um, a podcast is sometimes nerve wracking in a glorious way, you right. know, in a way that I really enjoy just like I enjoy public speaking and hope for those, you know, crowds of 500 people to stand up in front of. And I know you 
can relate to that being a performer, you know, mm -hmm. and um, recording a live album in front of hundreds of people or being playing at a festival. And, you know, it, it just feeds upon itself when the crowd gets going and um, when you're on the spot, literally. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, I will, this made me, it made me think of this story. There was a time when, and we talked about anxiety a lot when we talked last time on um, our last conversation. And I had a lot of anxiety around performing. And I used to, you know, get, get ready to perform. And my anxiety would be so bad that it was just, it was almost like I was going to pass out. And this was when I was pretty young. Even when I was in high school, I would have, you know, people want to hire me to play at their weddings and like things like that. And I would always say yes, because I can't say no. And I can say no now. Hello. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Wait, roll that, roll that movie back. Oh, I, I can say no. Um, at the time I, I wasn't comfortable saying no, but I remember having a conversation with my mother and you, I think you can relate to this by what you just said about public speaking and hoping like there's lots of people to hear it. Um, my mother gave me this pep talk once and just, you know, it always stuck with me. And that is that, you know, while you're in it, you know, you might as well make it really good. You know, if you're going to go out on stage, even if you have anxiety, once you find yourself in the middle of that stage, I mean, damn, it, it, it better be a good show. And that always stuck with me. Like, yeah, like I have a lot of anxiety now I'm in it and let's paint it red. Like it's going to, it's going to be good. And that's part of the adrenaline and that's part of the um, drama is overcoming that um, fear that you overcame it. Because I'm sure if you step out to speak to a whole bunch of people, you know, you do feel that. And then you have, and then afterwards you have that um, adrenaline satisfaction that you got over that fear. So, and it's, I think, I would say it's the same for people who love roller coasters and those types of things. And because I, I'm a big Frady cat, like I'm not into that kind of adrenaline or drama, but I would suspect that it's like that for them, that they're seeking that feeling, that Kundalini, like falling and that, um, that thrill of getting over that fear in that moment. You know what, the word that just came to my mind was rush, mm. which is similar to the addictive process. You know, we're getting high, we have a rush, we get a buzz on. So all those things are being fed by seeking out the adrenaline activity. So I'm not sure how to conclude. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. Um but I'm not sure that I would say being a drama junkie is a good thing either. Maybe it's a necessary phase in recovery because we're literally addicted to those highs and lows. I think it is everything you just said and being able to recognize that in the moment. Just, just like, you know, if you're managing your anxiety, or in my case, you can't say no. It's, it's, 
I believe it's recognizing it in the moment and just taking a step back. And for me to like it personally, to be able to sit in a moment that's quiet and enjoy those moments and understand that this is, this is actually peace. It's not that there's something missing or wrong. It's that it's, it's peace. And that's ultimately the goal for me is like to have peace in my life. And so, and I have a lot of peace in my life now, you know, because of not drinking alcohol for now for being sober, almost seven years, I have all that peace in my life. So it's just those moments every now and again that, oh, you know, is this really fun? You know, are we, are we fun enough? Are we, you know, are we living our best life when the answer is absolutely yes, we are living our best lives because we're in the absence of that. I remember one morning at the recovery center when I worked for Mercy, we'd have kind of morning check-in in the, in the group and someone said, you know, they had a pretty uneventful day hmm. the day before. And I was like, let's celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> let's celebrate that it was uneventful. Yeah. peaceful there's that reference in the big book of alcoholics anonymous to to they say that when you're first sober not drinking you might feel like the hole in the donut like you don't know what to do with yourself because the addictive behavior took up so much time in your life whether you were seeking the drug using the drug hiding the use, you know, yeah. figuring out when you could score it again, all those things, it, it's all absent from your life. So I feel like you said, you know, this is living the good life with all that being absent. I have had no problem with filling the spaces. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's always still a challenge for me not to fill all the spaces to leave the space. Yes. For just peace and quiet. Yes, that's it. You just like, I feel like we just brought it home right there. Wow, this is so cool because filling the space, like the hole in the donut, right? Um, it's, it's feeling as though you need to fill all that space with noise when it's like, that's the sweet spot. Mm. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, I've also thought of another topic that I'd like to talk to you about at another time, which is oh, good. what you said about, um, I can't say no, because you said it. In- <gasps> and I was thinking we should title a topic episode, just say no, like Nancy Ray. <laughs> And, and really look at all sides of that, like the, you know, the, the number of people who think addicts can just say no to addiction and, um, and what is the truth. So would you like to do another topic episode at another time? (laughs) I think that would be great because, you know, number one, because it'll be super fun because it always is. But number two, I think there's a lot of people that could really relate to that. 
you know, regardless of whether you're in recovery or not, um, I think that just as a general, um, like culture that saying no, telling somebody that you need more time for yourself is kind of, um, it's kind of a no, no, you know, we want to give, we want to give and it is awkward. It is for me, it's awkward and it's weird to say no. So I think this is a whole other, it's a whole other t-shirt. It's a whole other album cover. It's a whole thing. It is a thing. <laughs> and I was just thinking with the album covers and t-shirts that Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores has merchandise. We've got mm -hmm. merch. Uh, so we, we got the t-shirt. <laughs> so if you have t-shirt ideas, send them to me through the LTGW Facebook page. If you have topic ideas that you'd like us to address, send those to the same place on Facebook. Look for LTGW, standing for Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores. And Lori, I will put in the show notes, but just in case people don't go looking, where can they find your albums? Oh, thank you for asking. So I'm on all the platforms, all the things, all the necessaries that one needs to, you know, do this shindig in 2022. So com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and that's at Lori Jones Music. And um, reach out, reach out to me. I love to hear from people and it'd be great to just hear um, if this was helpful, you know, talking about these things, if, if it maybe made you think about it a little bit more, because it's certainly helpful to me. Thank you so much, Lori. All right. Have a great day. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. What better way to show your support than by purchasing some of our amazing LTGW merchandise? We have caps, t-shirts, cups, mugs, tumblers, hoodies, wristbands, watch bands, and so much more.